0: One of the biggest problems I think is business owners, no matter at what stage they're at, they find it hard to let go. And if you cannot let go, you become the bottleneck and your business and you will stay exactly where you are. And, and that's, a, that's a tough pill to swallow for some people.
1: Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen.
2: On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Ryan Margolin, and he is a business leader and entrepreneur who has sold over $40 million of products globally. And over the course of his career, he's taken on seemingly impossible projects and created value by looking at them from a different perspective than everyone else. And we're definitely gonna talk a lot about that. He worked in more than 15 countries and excels at connecting the dots for success. Ryan's expertise lies in his ability to quickly formulate simple and realistic strategies that create value from what others thought were dead ends. And his passion for mentorship and believes in the empowering small businesses, and he frequently leverages this wealth of experience in order to assist and advise other business owners. And with his help, many startups have been empowered to make the most of their concepts and successfully scale their businesses without sacrificing on flexibility, clarity, or their dedication to putting people first. After obtaining his master's in digital marketing in 2015, Ryan applied all that he learned into his companies and the resulting contributions helping to expand the manufacturing capabilities of one of those businesses tenfold. And the awards and honors that he has received are a testament to not only his hard work, but also his knowledge and the expertise that he brings to every aspect of his leadership. And trust me, you're going to want to listen because he has a lot of wide range of wisdom, but also a lot of wonderful things that you will want to continue to replay over and over again because he's got a lot for us. And he's also been featured in things like entrepreneur.com and other leading publications. And he's been hosted by TV personalities and all kinds of stuff. Stay tuned for more, but first it's time for our marketing essentials moments, the basics that you need to continue to help you build your brand and your bottom line. And this week's topic, we are going to cover disruption. Disruption in advertising, disruption in marketing, getting disrupted. (laughs) There's a lot of things that kind of happen with disruption. And when we're talking about in terms of disruption in marketing, the idea is that if you are disrupting someone's normal, regular routine or their pattern, and you stop and make them think about your brand for just a moment, right? We only have seven seconds to make a first impression. And so in that seven seconds, are you doing something to disrupt their pattern, their everyday Train of thought, right? They might be checking a million emails, going different places. How can you disrupt their pattern or be a pattern interrupt in what they're doing? Because you want them to think about you and consistently think about you over and over again, because we know some people say it takes seven times for somebody to see your brand before they actually recognize that they've ever seen it before. Other people say 11 to 13 times. It kind of just depends on maybe what industry you're in or what you're looking for or what they want. By the way, it only takes one time for a referral because a direct referral from someone that they know, like, and trust uh, will then make that brand stick out. So that's why they say word of mouth, or I say world of mouth advertising, makes it stick. Um, maybe one or two times from referrals. Power and numbers, right? But let's say it does take 11 to 13 times for someone to see, hear, experience, be around the brand that you want to disrupt their everyday lives. And what can you do to do that, right? Within that seven seconds that you have to capture their attention, right? with Whether it's impressions on social media or ads that you're doing or mentions in the press, lots of different ways to infiltrate and being able to cross promote to get your brand in front of the right person at the right time. And if you can do that and figure it out and continuously understand what those things are that are continuously doing that pattern disruption, right, to get your name in front of them to where they want to eventually buy from you, then that will be of service to you. And we're actually going to talk a lot about uh, building an audience and brand awareness. And it ties in just so nicely with Ryan's interview. Uh, But pattern disrupts, how can you disrupt the everyday life of your target audience that you have empathized with and can take a day in their life, step into their shoes for a moment. What is it that it's going to take to be able to get your brand in front of that person that you really want to have buy from you that's your most soulmate client in the whole wide world uh, or maybe lots of them that are like that, right? Building your audience of those soulmate clients are what you're wanting to do. And the more you do it, the more you understand the iterations and innovation that it's going to take in order to continuously get in front of the right people at the right time. And by the way, what worked last year may not work this year, right? So the marketing is an ever evolving ever changing journey or expedition that we go on and that's why you're listening now because you want to know what the latest and greatest of the ways to disrupt and capture attention and mind space of your target audience right of your of your audience and your crowd that loves you that are uh, loyalists to you and want to share your brand with others. And they become your shareholders now, right? So, how can you continuously use disruptive innovations and be a disruptive brand, right? Do something different than what your competitors are doing. Do something completely um, not typical in your industry and or in your marketplace. And being a disruptive brand doesn't always mean um, that it's going to destroy you. Of course. Now, remember when you do things like. Uh, being disruptive or thinking outside of the box there come there can be risks that come with that and sometimes it doesn't always hit the mark but learn from it learn from those what we want to say, opportunities for chances to learn, right? We don't want to say failures. Um, What we want to say, what are, what you can do to learn every single time, every time you do a new iteration, but disruptive brands don't play by the rules. They stray away from the norm and push the boundaries in pursuit of businesses in areas that maybe are not yet conquered. And of course, these brands are continuously diversifying and they want new ideas and new approaches and new thought patterns, to continuously get in front of the right person at the right time. All right, let's get into our interview with Ryan and uh, stay tuned for that. We'll be there. And of course, if you are listening, what I always say is the best thing that you can always do for us is give us a review, share this uh, episode with others that you know that need to hear what Ryan has to say, what I have to say, what we have to do here. And then If you really feel like you would like to be a part of our community, go to themarketingexpedition.com, use promo code MONTH1, that's the number one, MONTH1, to get the first month for free on me, right? Don't pay for it. Go to themarketingexpedition.com, use promo code MONTH1. And sign up and be a part of our community, continuously learning and going on these marketing journeys with us. And inside the community, you have access to all of the trainings and webinars and podcasts and all the wonderful things that we do. The uh, replays from all of our awesome events, the new marketing trends for the new year events, all of those things are inside the community. And we have ongoing support in our Facebook group, um, the Marketing Expedition Members Facebook group. So anyway, enough said there. Let's get into the interview with Ryan. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Pepper Shock Media, also the founder of the Marketing Expedition community and your host today. And Today, we have Ryan on the show. Ryan, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks very much, Ray. I appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to having a discussion and uh, appreciate the opportunity.
2: Ryan, can you give a brief overview? Um, I know we have your bio, but from your in your own words, share a little bit more about who you are, how you got to where you are now, and some of the things that you want to let people know about you.
0: Yeah. Well, look, i um I'm I'm a dad first and foremost, and a husband. Uh, I have a wife oh. and uh, three kids. So uh, I reside in Ireland for the time being. Uh, look, where you know we have a business that has locations on both sides of the water. Um, we have one in Florida and we have one in Ireland and both uh both locations serve their own purpose um i suppose a little bit about me i always grew up in 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 the hair industry Um, my dad was a business owner my mom was a master hair technician so i kind of grew up in an industry uh spending a lot of time in a hair studio so it was kind of bread and butter stuff to me and as i grew older uh, naturally sales and marketing became my um you know, kind of my passion. So, a lot of the jobs that I had from the time I was 15 and 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 forward from that uh, was either in sales or marketing or sometimes a, a hybrid of both. Um, so, in 2009, uh, there was an opportunity when the economic crash happened. Um, my dad had a business, and um, the the industry I was operating in was the worst hit. So, I was I was selling, you know, uh, sanitary ware, wood floors, tiles to uh, commercial builds and residential builds and uh, there was a big company I was working for and naturally they started to lay people off. I was one of the few that was left, kind of you know paired it back to the skin and bones. And I was looking for other opportunities um, because look, I'm a firm believer you know, in, in the world we live in. Uh, even the worst situation can present itself with, with opportunities. Uh, so call came out of the blue from my dad. He was living in Florida. I was living in Ireland at the time. And he was talking a little bit about the business and, you know, how it had been so stagnant for so many years and he wasn't happy with the way it was going and he knew that it, there was more in it. He just, I don't think he, he had the motivation and the drive in him to, to, to really bring it to the next level. So he asked, did I want to, you know, come over and see what I could contribute? And my initial answer at the beginning was no, I was mm-hmm. planning on going off and doing my own thing. You know, I had a wife and, uh, you know, we had one kid at the time. But in hindsight, you know, we thought about it and we we're like, look, what's the worst that can happen? Let's take a year out. Let's go travel, uh, you know, to, to, to the States and see what happens. And that's what we did. So in, um, I think it was, uh, April, 2009, uh, we, we flew to Florida. So got stuck in with my dad immediately, started to learn a bit about the mechanics of the business. Cause it had changed an awful lot in the years that I wasn't around. Um, and, and, and I didn't have enough knowledge of it. So Started looking at sales, operations, marketing, um, internally and externally, and we, you know, we, we really narrowed down a few key things where there were some big issues, and we stripped everything back. Um, we uh, from from the um, from the the messaging to the branding, um, and I spent about three months myself building a uh, manual spreadsheet of all the hair replacement studios in the United States because it was 2009 and scrapers weren't really that great then, so it was hard to get the information. So it was manually typing it into Google. But I think the benefit of that was it really gave me a good understanding of the different locations, uh, states, counties, uh, cities across uh, the United States where there was clusters and then where there was, you know, more sparse. So there was more opportunities. Um, So... Yeah, that, that, that's really kind of where the journey started, you know, recognizing those those three pillars and, and where we can improve on it. So within 18 months after we changed a few things, which I can discuss further, if you know, we get into the conversation, we tripled revenue. So we realized we validated the, you know, not only the product that we had just launched, um, but also the business as a whole. And uh, from that point then, it was about a year and a half in, 18 months, I realized, look, I didn't want to stay where I was. I wanted to go back to, to Ireland. You know, we had a lot of ties there. So we took a hundred grand uh, and we invested it into the opening of a facility in Ireland. And that's kind of where the story started uh, over here. So um, lo- a lot of lessons, a lot of growth, um, a lot of failures in between. And, uh, it's led us to, to where we are today. So that's the bird's eye view.
2: Yeah, no, I love that story. I love it sometimes family generational, you know, can, can go one of two ways, really, really bad or really good. And it sounds like it's just kind of come through and how proud your dad must be of everything, right?
0: It wasn't always like that, you know, Look, (laughs) imagine a generational shift and, you know, especially around succession planning. um, It's very difficult to let go of certain things and uh, you have to put yourself in the position of, you know, look, you can choose not to, but This is the impact it's going to have later down the line uh, if you don't make the decisions. And um, we eventually did get there, but it just it took a lot of time and a lot of communication and a a lot of um, a lot of talking, you know. So, um, yeah, so it it was it was a journey.
2: Yeah. Healthy conflict, they call that, I think.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and, And necessary as well, because I think, you know, it's very important to move towards the discomfort because if you keep running away from it you'll stay in the same place you know you'd be afraid to you know talk about things address things and and ultimately deal with small problems that can eventually become big problems so uh, it's important to be able to get used to just saying it and communicating through it
2: Right. No, that's great. And, and so important for businesses to understand that healthy conflict is OK and that it needs to happen. Right. And you have to question things and understand things and, you know, not always agree on everything. And that's OK.
0: <laughs> it is. It, it's absolutely OK. And, you know, you have two different sides of the spectrum. You know, you have that healthy conflict and then you have, you know, individuals who believe there can be no peace without war. So it's, uh, you know, there's, there's two sides to the sword and, and, and it really depends on, on your belief system as to which way you handle it.
2: Yeah, for sure. I'm glad that you brought that up because I think so many people just think that running a business is, is easy sometimes that you don't have to, you know, have two people who have differing opinions come together and it is, it's yin and yang. Sometimes you really need that. Yeah. To be able to, move forward and make the best choices because of the ideas that come together you know yeah
0: <laughs> you're 100 percent right and i think if you don't have you know at least one other sounding board to bounce the ball with it becomes very difficult to move forward yourself because you see things in a very singular view i i don't care how dynamic or you know um you know well versed your views are of the world ultimately you have a belief system and, you know, people that you choose to surround yourself with could potentially have different belief systems, which may contribute to yours. You know, sometimes it's good to be challenged because it makes you think differently and you might ultimately change your mind on something that you didn't uh, see at the beginning or, you know, you didn't see the view of. So I I think it's vitally important to have a good circle of people around you.
2: Mm -hmm. And for those who may not want to challenge their boss or their leader or their dad, or, you know, sometimes I think it's really good to prove that, to kind of push that point of get comfortable with the uncomfortable and stand up and be able to talk about it and not be afraid of retribution or what's going to be said or how it's going to be taken, but not being afraid to be the challenger when you need to be, right?
0: Absolutely. And as you, you know, as you kind of go through the journey of Your personal growth, I think that becomes easier and easier the more you do it. Uh, And the more you become less fearful of it. Because, look, at the end of the day, fear and anxiety are the two motivating factors of why 99.9% of people don't do something. You know, again, fear and anxiety can be controlled, it's all about the lens which you're looking at it from. So, Mm -hmm.
2: yeah, that's great, Ryan. Thank you for sharing. So let's talk a little bit more about what's happening in your company now and some of the things that you do now and kind of what's going to happen into the near future where you see this going. Uh, but first share, what are the day in the life of the company and some of the the brands that you get to work with and things like that? Share, share a little bit more about what's happening now.
0: Yeah, look, there's a lot of Different avenues to explore there. Um, when you look at our brand in particular, um, so we built one of the most well-known global brands in the hair replacement niche uh, for for cosmetic adhesives. So basically, you know, we built a brand called Ghost Bond that's um, used for the attachments of hair systems and wigs by individuals who experience hair loss uh, and wear uh, hair systems, or you know, people who just want to change their look because they feel like it. They wear a wig and, and, and our, our products are used for that. Um, that's amazing because we can explore all angles of creativity with no boundaries. And and that's what I really love about having a team together that that we can bounce those balls with because, um, again, you have ideas, but there's also better ideas You know, when you have mm-hmm. a group of people around where it becomes a little bit restrictive, but at the same time becomes more technical and scientific is when we're helping other brands build their brand. Uh, we take a custom formula project, for example, we sit with the client, we talk about the product, what exactly it is they want. Is it a shampoo? Is it a moisturizer? Is it a conditioner? Um, what are the properties? Do you What active ingredients do you want? What is the performance you want? Do you want scent? Do you want color? Uh, what do you want the finished product to actually look like? That creative brief or what we call a marketing brief is created then. And we put that into the lab where our head chemist and, and and other chemists will work on that formula to create, you know, V1, V2, V3 uh, until we get to a point of approval. And when we get to that point of approval, then we run it through the compliance department. Um, we get the labels or the designs from the clients, uh, whether it's bottles, materials, or, or, uh, or, or print files. And we check it for compliance in the locations where they're going to be supplying it we give the approval on that. Um, we also have, you know, uh, regulation partners that we work with in times where there are certain countries where we're selling into that we're not 100% sure, or, or we might have questions. I'm always a, a firm believer is measure twice, cut once, just make right. sure that it's right <laughs> yeah. before, before you do it.
2: Yeah, not the other way around.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I mean, look, there's, there's you know times and places where you can get away with that but compliance is 100% not yeah. one of them. right um so yeah so that after that ap- after that point it becomes a, more about scaling to 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 a pilot production where we do a 30 to 50 liter batch make sure everything is good uh, we do our tests our pH tests stability tests then we run it to main production and and that's where it gets really fun because you start to see the big mechanics in play you start to see you know the manufacturing and the machines coming off into the filling lines palletized shipped out and you know when you finally lock that container and it ships off to where it's going you know that that is either one of two things that's either the start of a new area of supply for clients or it's a new launch for a client. and it's just it's a great feeling because you feel like you're you're a part of that journey and naturally as a company that's what we want to be we want to be a supply partner we just don't want to be a, a manufacturer that you call to make some product for you. Um, we can do that. But again, when you when you're working with highly creative minds, you can't put people in a box because it never ends well.
2: Right. Yeah. No, I love that you can be a supplier partner rather than just a manufacturer. That's what I love to say too about our agency. We're here to partner with you, not just be order takers because that's no fun for anyone.
0: <laughs> no, and it's not. And I ultimately think that that always comes to an end, you know, where is if you have the ability to, you know, for, give you a prime example. Um, we have a large catalog of products and, you know, we get a project on our plate where a customer might want five different products and we're custom formulating those products. But then we look at our catalog and be like, look, this is an amazing line. This is going to turn out absolutely phenomenal. But check out these products from this catalog. We actually have them base formula ready, ready to go. And we can make adjustments to them, you know, to spec for, for, for your brand. But you can then double what you're you're pushing into the market because you like you have to remember a lot of these these customers are, are really digging deep into the market. They're doing the research. Uh, they're surveying people. They're finding out the optimal price points for not only retail but for wholesale and distribution. Uh, so we know at every pretty much at every given point what products that we have that can fit and suit that profile. So it's very easy to once the brand is established, it's very easy to convince a distributor or supplier to take on more products from the line because they know it sells and it already has the shelf space. So there's there's a method to the madness. It just, it took us quite a while to figure out, I suppose, the most optimal way to run it.
2: Right. Well and if you've if you have the base ingredients that are similar to all the different products, but then you can modify it specifically to their own proprietary method of what they want, then it comes out. And shelf shelf space and shelf life too, right? I mean, that is one thing in your industry that especially I think particularly women will buy something and it sits on their shelf for a long time and it still has to be, you know, good, right?
0: It does. And, and that's why we always like to lean on the longer side of the product development. Like we can do, we, we can take a 12 week custom formula um, formulation development process and break it down to four if needed. You know, there's some corners that has to be, you know, forgotten about uh, or we can do it the right way and we can do the right stability testing to make sure that, you know, on that label, they can put a period after opening rather than uh a best before date and and that's the main thing with cosmetics is that if you can actually put a period after opening date it means that you know look the product is perfectly fine sealed in the container it's in and once it's open then you you know that's kind of when your shelf life really starts
2: yeah No, that's genius because then people are more likely to buy it, even if they don't need it right away. And, you know, from a marketing perspective, that's genius.
0: (laughs) And look, I think, yeah, it's about how you position it. Um, and you know, we have clients that are more than happy to do the best before date and that's okay too. It's just as safe, um, because they move volumes and they, they know they're, They they can turn it around. Um, but then, you know, for newly established brands, uh, it's more viable to do a period after opening because, you know, look, they're entering a marketplace place where they have the data they just need to sell the product and you know once, once you have that period after opening date it, it doesn't change you know yeah
2: that's good though because then if they can't get the product sold and then, then period before opening they then they can have a flash sale and maybe people then want to buy it because they're like oh this is so great I need to get more of it and then I don't know it's just another marketing ploy right
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you can leverage it 100% mm-hmm.
2: one way or another Tell me about some of the brands that you have worked with that have been highly successful. What are some of the things that they're doing in their marketing, in their branding, getting it out there, moving the product? What are like what comes to mind right away? Like, oh, yeah, this is what they're doing, how they're doing it and what's working for them.
0: So obviously I I can't share specifics about accounts, but what I can say is that the ones that have been uh, very successful, they built an audience. Uh, And the audience has been the key. Uh, They've tailored the brands to me more personal, uh, personable and relatable to themselves than they had, have the, you know, like a, like a logo or a brand, like everyone looks at the the logos and they know what the company is, but ultimately there's usually a face of the brand. And I think in this day and age, um, if you don't have an audience to sell to, and they don't really understand what your company stands for, it's less likely that they're going to buy from you. And that's just the way the world has gone. People want to know not only who they're buying from, but what they stand for. And, you know, look, you're not going to uh, connect with everyone, but that's okay too. You know, it's a, you, you, you don't build a brand in most cases to, to, to be a general product for the whole world. It's uh, you know, you're, you're looking for a, a very specific demographic of, of individuals.
2: Oh, that's great advice. I think, and that's the thing about building an audience, you know, how do you go about doing that? And there's lots of different ways that people are building audiences now to kind of create that, for lack of a better word, a cult following, right? I mean, you, you know, it's like, uh <laughs> cult's probably not the right word, but you get the idea. Like, you want people to follow your brand and be loyal to it and be, you know, and, and uh, you know, just really make sure that they're the ones that can advocate for you, and so that following is so important. And sometimes it's not even about the product itself, right? It's about what, like you said, the company stands for and what they believe in, and the activities and the community that they support, and all of those things, right?
0: It is one hundred percent about that, uh, and I even think sometimes, as you said, even more so than the product or the product performance itself. If you've got two comparable products on the market, it's highly likely that you know either aesthetics is going to play a part in in why someone purchases one over the other, or the mission, or what what the company stands for. Uh, so, yeah, look, I, it, to me in this, you know, in the environment we're in currently it's more important than ever to let people know who you are and what you stand for because if you don't you're just going to get lost in the sea of the big guys and there's a lot of business to be picked up in between right
2: in your industry i mean so many people buy so many different products my my sister she runs a salon within a big retail store but she runs like 25 different stores just the salon that's in the big retail part of it and I am always shocked at how much product is sold. I, you know, they can cut my hair, but, oh, but you got to try this or you got to try that or and this is for curly hair and this is for, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And pretty, pretty soon you realize, oh my gosh, I spent way more than I thought I was going to just on a haircut, you know?
0: <laughs> it, it can become a very expensive haircut. And, you know, look, that's, I, I suppose when you're in a salon, usually there's premium products on the shelf. And you are going to pay for them. It's not like walking into Walmart and picking up a $5 bottle of shampoo. You're not going to walk out of a salon with spending between 17 and $20 on a bottle of shampoo at the very least. Um, and depending on what product it is, it could be 50 or 60 It just depends. So, yeah, look, it, it, it's – yeah, you, you just have to know the market you're going for and then really just focus in on being exactly that to the people that you need to be that to
2: well and then training the 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 people who cut your hair how to then you know continue to bring the product to life to the customer the consumer that's going to use it and why they should use it and i mean it's just education and knowledge and taking that technical knowledge and making it informational but yet the messaging and getting it and carrying it all the way through from from you know ma- you know manufacturing it all the way to when the consumer end user actually use it
0: and and that's you bring up an important point as well the education side of it you know it it, it, like we get calls every day uh from new accounts asking us you know where can we where can we buy your your educational material and it's like here's a booking link book a call with us we will run you through the whole thing we don't charge for it because if we can't provide education for our products or for you know the industry as a whole why are you know why are people going to use our products or, or sell or supply them, you know, it's it doesn't make sense. So, you know, the technicians or the hairdressers, you know, it's just as important that they're educated on, on the mechanics of the product as well, because they are ultimately in some cases, your salespeople too.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cause they're the ones that are the experts that, that the consumer will trust, you know, and, and because I have curly hair and of course I'm going to listen to my hairdresser, tell me what kind of product I need for my curly hair. Right. I mean, <laughs>
0: And, and, and that's the thing about building trust. It, it You know, it takes many, many years to do that or a long time. But on the flip side, you you make a mistake and that's the last thing people are going to remember you for. So you, you have to kind of take that methodology um, into everything that you do because it just takes one time and, and they'll forget about all the good things. So you have to be very mindful about you know what, what you're putting out there and how you're putting it out.
2: I'm sure I don't need to throw a bunch of statistics and percentages at you for you to know that most of us spend too much time staring at screens. Being able to consume your content on the go means that your clients and customers can listen and learn from you without being tied to their desks. With Hello Audio, your customers can put their phones down, power off their PCs, close their MacBooks, and get the information they need from you while they're, let's say, walking a dog, doing a jigsaw puzzle, washing the dishes, maybe when they're in the car, or exercising on the treadmill, sunbathing in their garden. Well, Hello Audio makes it incredibly easy for you. No more hours spent trying to figure out tech settings or trying to make a square peg fit into a round hole you can click publish on an audio feed in a matter of minutes and have control over who accesses what. So visit peppershock.com slash offers and sign up for a free trial of Hello Audio. So when's the last time you were in Florida then?
0: Um, last time I was there, I think it was last year. Um, we, we have another, we have a product launch coming up in October in New York, so I'll be over there for then. Um, But yeah, it's been a little while. We've been really focused here on expanding our manufacturing facility. We've actually, um, we're just finishing off a renovation project, probably December of this year, where we're expanding our production and manufacturing facility from 10,000 to 50,000 feet. So it's a massive, massive project. And it's taken us quite a few years to, to get to this point. But this is setting the new foundations for, you know what we're ultimately looking to, you know, to five x the company um,
2: yeah. over the next that's five years. Explosive growth! Congratulations,
0: that's amazing. Well, it doesn't come with, without its challenges. You know, here's the, here's the way I look at it. We 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 experience really heavy growth in a very short period of time, but naturally, there's there's a ceiling on that. And in order to keep going, you have to diversify and you have to offer more services. And this is why we invested in the new foundations of the, of the of the um, operations. Because if we weren't in a position to supply a wider range of cosmetic products to the industry, it would be very difficult for us to explore new opportunities, especially with you know wholesalers and, and distributors and, and 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 retailers. So this is this is the new part of the journey for us, and we're we're hoping you know we we have a five year plan set in place. If we hit it before that, amazing. But you know, we will work at it every day, little by little, and those little results they build up into the big wins.
2: No, oh, that's great, and I can't imagine you know Ireland being as I always just picture you know green grass and rolling hills and you know beauty. So uh, I, I imagine work you know living there, working there, being a part of it, and, and creating jobs for your community. I mean, that's really. That's phenomenal. How many how many more jobs do you think you're going to be creating as you expand?
0: So right now, between uh, our two locations, we have about thirty. So it's actually not a huge uh, uh, a, a workforce uh, for what we turn over and and what we output um, because our lean systems are quite quite optimized. Um, but over the next five years, we really envision probably adding about another probably fifteen to twenty um, people uh, over 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 the uh, manufacturing facility alone because. The, obviously, the more clients we take on, we have, a, we, we have a capacity limit where we know, okay, for X amount of revenue we generate usually requires X amount of resource. So we can scale that then by getting more resource and hiring more help. So we know what that looks like. It's just a matter of whether that plan stays intact. You know, you're making many plans as you want, but sometimes and well, most times they don't work out exactly as you expect them to.
2: Well, and the nice thing about you expanding now, I mean, there's just so many tools and technology and AI and robotics and just so many machines and things that you can use and do that just really help the process, right? I mean, I can just imagine what it was like when you first started to, to now, and what you're you know investing in now with with what you're you know using in, in your in your man, manufacturing facility. Tell me a little bit about that.
0: Right. Okay. Hey, uh, yeah. So it actually started. Um, in the United States, when when we opened, it actually started in a in a in a two hundred square foot uh, room. Wow! And it, it, we started in Ireland. It 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 started in a smaller room than that. It was about one hundred and fifty square feet. So uh, when we started in in Ireland, it was 2011. You know, we're 2023 now, and we've gone from 150 square feet to uh, 50,000 square feet. So it's um yeah, it, it it's been a bit of a journey through there. Um, but you know, look, it's I think when you are involved in something from the ground up, I think you have a much better handle on what's required to get where you're going you know unless you have experience um with you know multinational operations it's going to be very difficult to step into something that requires a growth plan without understanding the mechanics of the industry you know like for example you know putting someone from a pharma background into a cosmetic background while there's some similarities there's there's going to be a huge learning curve when you're involved in something from the ground up, you usually have a lot of those answers because you've been put in positions where you've had to either find those answers or learn from the mistakes that you've made. Um, in our Either position, figure it
2: out or hire it out, right? <laughs> exactly.
0: And, and in our position, when we were, you know, six figures and we moved into seven figures, a lot of our systems broke. And you know, we eventually got to a point where we we're like, we, we can't do this. We need to, we need to bring in experienced people. And, and I hired, you know, some mentors, not only for myself, but for the business as well. And they helped us really put in systems that were scalable. And um, very quickly, that was the turning point for us where we realized, you know, It's much quicker to actually hire someone who knows how to do it. Right. Uh, It's not about what the cost of that person is. It's more about what it's costing you not to get that person.
2: Yes, right. Yeah, for sure. Because sometimes you just can't figure it out if it's something you've never done before or it's going to take you a lot longer to figure it out yourself than to just hire it out. Yeah, absolutely. and And when
0: you get to that level as well, mistakes become a lot more costly. Um, you, you know, when, when you're, when you're working on your own or when you have a few people, uh, and you, you make a mistake, sometimes you can cover the loss, um, whatever it may be. But as you start to scale and you grow and the projects get bigger, it comes a little bit more trickier to manage if a mistake is made. So you're better off just investing in the right people and, you know, just making sure you go all in with those people to get what you need from that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good advice for those of you listening. Make sure you hear that and hear what he had to say, right? My, my <laughs> yeah, coach and, <laughs> yeah, Coaches and mentors and hiring people who are smarter than you in certain areas is definitely a helpful way to help you scale and grow your business.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. And you know, one of the biggest problems I think is business owners, no matter at what stage they're at, they find it hard to let go and if you cannot let go you become the bottleneck and your business and you will stay exactly where you are and and that's it that's a tough pill to swallow for some people because uh most entrepreneurs think that nobody can do it as well as they can but the truth of the matter is yes there there are people out there who can and do and and you just need to accept that and when you accept that and take that leap so much you know so much beauty comes from that because if you can actually let go of the mundane tasks that you're doing day to day, that's actually requiring you to stay in a tactical position in your company. You're you're too much in your business. You you need to be more in a strategic position. Once you you know once you and once you're in a position to hire one or two people, you need to become more strategic than tactical. And I've I've actually found the only way to do that, uh, which I was taught maybe five or six years ago, is to do a time study. So every so often I I do a time study, fifteen minute intervals. Uh, I'd write down what I'm doing over a space of two weeks, and I'd break it down into three categories, strategic, tactical, and self-care. And I'd add those hours up in those three categories and get a percentage. And if I'm spending more time in the tactical position than the strategic, then what I do is I make a list of all the tactical things I'm doing, and I hire someone to do all those, and I offload them. And then what happens is, as you grow your business and you, be, you stay in the strategic lane, it comes full circle again. So you have to do another time study. And then you figure out what role you're trying to hire for. What is the stuff you're doing now high level that you need help with? You offload that and you go again. So it's just a never-ending cycle of growth.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Strategical, tactical, and self-care. Because you're right. A lot of times people get going so busy, so much, so full sport, you know, growth, growth, growth. Oh, wait, you got to take care of yourself too. <laughs> you got to be around to take care of the company. And if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be around. To take care of the company. Yeah,
0: what good are you to anyone else if, if if you're not good yourself, you know, and that's the way I look at it. If you're a leader, you're 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 the head of a company, um, or you're trying to, you know, remain in a leadership position, people are looking to you for guidance, they're looking to you for advice, they're looking to you for inspiration even. Uh and if you're not a prime example of you know how of what you preach, then it, it becomes very difficult to 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 get other people to buy into that because they see it, you know, people people see see it. So
2: that's good. I know. And for me, I, for a long time, I felt guilty of doing things like getting my nails done or going to get a massage or, you know, spending time on something for myself as opposed to, oh, I should be doing something, you know, for everyone else. And (laughs) Uh, I let that go a long time ago
0: <laughs> because I realize, you know, it, it, it's the people who actually do put in the effort and do commit and do work on developing themselves as people. They always feel guilty for taking a break because they always feel like they're never doing enough. But then you got the flip side of the coin where you got people also who do a little bit of work and think they've done a ton and it's just nothing. So um, you have to give yourself that that grace. It, you know it's it, it's it's hard to do, but when you learn that things won't fall apart if you take a few moments for yourself, or give yourself a few hours, or even an hour a day to exercise or do whatever it is, um, it, it contributes a lot more than not doing it.
2: Right now, I love that. That's good advice, Ryan. Um, okay, a couple more questions, and then we'll we'll kind of wrap up here. But what do you think your biggest challenge is going to be to overcome in the near future?
0: I think our biggest challenge to overcome in the near future, putting aside economic impact, you know, look, the the, 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 the world is changing. Um, people have less disposable income than they had a couple of years ago. I think you, you need to be a little bit more strategic and clever about, you know, your costs and your overheads. And I'm not talking about from a perspective of um, scaling back your your resources or workforce. Uh, I'm a firm believer is that I will always look for a way to renegotiate terms of suppliers and ingredients and, and uh, you know, even down to the electrics, uh, to, to electricity, rather than looking in that area, because I, I'm a firm believer is that, you know, I, I would let myself go before I try to let somebody else go. It's just, I, I'm a, I, I'm a big believer in that people, you know, commit to your company and they rely on that. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges moving forward. It's going to be the instability of, of manufacturing and raw materials and production. That still remains true to this day. Um, secondly is counterfeits. Uh, we, our brand is counterfeited globally. Oh, uh, yeah. On an enormous amount uh, of product. We, we, we lose sales. We estimate between three and 500,000 a month is roughly what we're losing. Um, and we have big cases going on in the us and europe at the moment Um, people
2: are taking the 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 bottle the look and the feel and then putting their own crap product in it or coming from china
0: yeah so we don't supply into china we're not a chinese brand um we're, we're an irish american brand and people are because of the fact these counterfeiters have started to creep into our distribution channels people are starting to think that Our ghost bond brand is a Chinese brand and it's not, it it never was, and it never will be. So we don't supply into China. So anything coming out of China, we mark as counterfeit because it can't come out if it's not going in. So that that's one of our biggest challenges. And I mean, it's, it's on a big level. You know, we, we recently had a case where the department of Homeland security were involved in amongst a lot of other big um, fashion brands. There was huge containers coming into the country and they were able to, um, they were, they were able to, through their investigations, uh, secure a large warehouse in the United States where they found a high amount of counterfeit goods. And to the point where you're looking at the value of this going, you can see why we're having challenges because yeah. you're hitting yeah. the market. So those are our two biggest challenges, I think, moving forward over the next few years. but From again From a like-
2: consumer perspective, how can you tell if something is real versus counterfeit? I mean, is there telltale signs, do you think?
0: They, well there is for us but look i also know as a consumer myself when i look at you know counterfeit brands if i go away you know to you know to, to in europe somewhere and you're walking through the markets and you see counterfeit brands like you know gucci or whatever um they look really real and i can see from a consumer perspective how it'd be very hard to tell the difference so it took us quite a while to learn that we'd look at it and be like no they're, they're counterfeit how how is the consumer not seeing this but then i flip i put myself in the the shoes of a consumer and I can actually see it. So what we did, um, I spent about six months developing uh, a a plan for um, a software, which we now use on our branding, which is an anti-counterfeit solution. So we print codes on our packaging and it's all our own systems. So it gives us real time data that consumers can scan uh, on the, on the packaging list or sorry, on the box that the bottle comes in and it will tell them if it's a genuine product. We have certain mechanisms in our software, proprietary um, technology that we built. That if someone tries to replicate the code, uh, we can tell, and it will automatically notify via push notification that the customer needs to get in touch with us to, you know, validate the authenticity. So we, you know, we we've actually got some really good data from that. Um, you know, we had a case where we had only launched the the software a matter of three months, and China started to copy it. And what happened was they used one of our codes and they replicated it. But what they didn't realize was that the more you scan it, the more we, the, the, like, our system and will tell. Yeah, it yeah, notifies than, you. <laughs> but not only that, somebody at some point in order to replicate that code had to scan it on a device. And we were able to trace that device back and find out what the location was. So
2: That is amazing. Wow. That,
0: that actually got us back to one of the sources of manufacturing of the counterfeit goods. So that's, that's the difference technology can make.
2: Dang. That's, I mean, you're right. (laughs) That is, I mean, I had no idea that that you were doing that. And I think that that's going to help a lot of industries in a lot of different ways. I mean, that's amazing.
0: And, And that's it. And once we, you know, look, this is a product that can be a software as a service business. Um, but like anything I, I wouldn't launch it to a marketplace without having fully validated it and making sure that every piece of the technology is functioning the way it needs to and we're getting exactly what we need from it now but we still got we still got about another year to go on it before it's market ready
2: oh that makes sense though i mean you can test the you know minimum viable product and see how it works and get all the bugs fixed up and worked out
0: We've got one of the, you know, the world leading products, what better to test it on where you can afford to make the mistakes because you're looking at the data and the background going, okay, well, look, you know, if we were looking at it from a legal perspective or a counterfeit perspective, as a customer, we'd have trouble figuring this out. So how can we change this to... Bring it together in a way that makes it bulletproof, and and mm-hmm. that's that, that's where we're at with it at the moment.
2: Right, where people can't replicate it and hack in and do all the things that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Right, because now if it can be
0: done, uh, believe me, there's there's a lot of smart people in this world. If there's a way to get around it or circumvent it, they will find it.
2: I know they got a hold of my Instagram account and now I've shut it down. I'm like, dang it stupid hackers there's the the dumb hackers are getting smarter <laughs>
0: yeah this is this is the world we live in you know we have to be careful of everything and um, you know look it's just yeah that everyone will take a pop where they can make a quick dollar
2: totally dang it well i am really proud to hear that you are taking all of the measures to overcome that challenge that not just for you, but I mean, being able to offer this to other people would be, I think, a, a really, really good uh, business opportunity for you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And look, I'm, I, I'm a believer that if you provide a solution to serve a market rather than looking at it from what you can get out of it, it it's a much better place to be in. Um, and I know it's kind of fortunate to, to say that, you know, and I, I realize that maybe some... In some way, it can sound a bit privileged to say that, um, but again, I, I don't feel bad for it because, look, I know we've built this company from the ground up, and fortunately, the success of the company we have now has enabled us to develop a solution and a technology, but money is not the motivating factor in it. It's to, it's to fight the purpose of the fact that we built a business based upon safety and ethical uh, practices And counterfeits challenge the core essence of what this company was built on. So this solution that we're going to eventually bring to the marketplace uh, comes from a place of wanting and having a passion to fix the industry that is quite tarnished with black market products.
2: That's great. Uh, Okay. If you had an extra, I don't know, 50% more of your marketing budget, let's say, to spend, the, the gods have granted you 50,000 or 50% more of what you spend on your own marketing. How would you spend it and why?
0: Right now where I'm at, um, if you were to ask me today, I would say I would put every single bit of it into building a brand awareness campaign uh, simply because it's not about the likes. It's not about the follows. Like there is, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 times the amount more people that actually see your product and your brand than you even know about on a daily basis from your social media efforts, and you might think it's a waste of money, but there is one hundred percent always a way to monetize that with effective, you know, with effective strategies inside of your social posts. So if I was given, if I was given a hundred grand tomorrow, I'd be going straight in and doing brand awareness campaigns, um, or maybe even potentially, you know, looking for collaboration or partnership uh, opportunities with uh, different niche specific or industry influencers uh that's where i found we've made some decent impact over the last um i say year you know we 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 have a couple of deals going on at the moment uh we partnered most recently with um with a celebrity stylist named jay stay ready who you know does everyone from kelly Rowland to doja cat and the brand awareness from that has been um phenomenal really uh and, and it's and it's brought our I suppose it's almost added another layer of credibility to our brand. We know, like realistically, we know the product is the best performing product on the market. But when you have different stylists and different celebrities using it, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on what way you look at it, the perception of the product is, is, is in a much better light uh, just for that reason alone.
2: Yeah. And telling the brand story and getting more people to hear it. I think there's, it takes 11 to 13 times for somebody to have heard or seen your brand or interact with your brand before they even recognize that they've ever actually even heard of it before. Right. And and it's true. Case in point, you could walk by the same salon or the same, you know, store, same thing, 10, 12 times. And then suddenly, oh, you'll recognize it for the first time
0: it's a <laughs> moment. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that just comes from consistent brand awareness and that's it. And that's why you have these, you know, big companies that spend, you know, tens of millions of dollars a year on, on just brand awareness campaigns, because when that moment comes and somebody has a need for something similar or identical to your product you will be the first one they think of and what's the next thing they're going to do they're either going to buy it in store they're going to buy it on amazon they're going to buy it on your website uh wherever the easiest accessibility is for them
2: that's good or your salon your stylist will tell or your, you yeah, or your stylist <laughs> exactly. exactly that's yeah. awesome okay um let's see one more question uh how do you continue to stay on top of everything that's going on in your world, the trends, the industry, what kind of resources do you tap into? Do you listen to podcasts? What are they? Do you read books or magazines? What do you do to stay informed, Ryan?
0: For me, it's more, it's more about what's going on in the cosmetic space. So, you know, I, I would constantly do a lot of analytical data on, you know, through say Google analytics, or, um, I would do a, a lot of search trends to see what's coming up. Look at TikTok videos, see what's trending on there. Because look, if you ignore that, I I think in the in this day and age, you're crazy. You 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 know this is this is giving you the information. It is a search engine. You know, it's mm-hmm. not a it's not Instagram, it's not Facebook. This is a highly optimized search engine, so it will tell you with a few questions. That you put into the search bar, what exactly is coming up and trending? So uh, that that's kind of what I, I I kind of look at in terms of product development. We we, we look at our industry in specific. Uh, I use some technology like uh, we have AI technology for you know some of our counterfeits as well in terms of the locations and places online that sell them. That that basically helps me narrow down places that might be selling counterfeits that may potentially not know they are, and then we can flip the negative into a positive. So that, that's where my, my kind of focus is at the moment. And then the other side of it is that, you know, we, we just have our, our, our technology that, that we keep on top of because our business we're running, we're trying to run two sides of of an operation in unison. So technology brings that together and, uh, You know, for for me, it's just those are the things that I focus on. It's not it's not so much listening to podcasts or motivational podcasts anymore. I spent enough time and enough years listening to that. But what I realize is that it's great, you know, for for what it is, but it serves no no purpose other than to get you motivated. And what I've learned now in in regards to motivation, motivation is just a feeling. Show me what you can do on the days where you're tired, where, you know, you don't want to do anything that's really where it's discipline really is is what I'm talking about. So I, I kind of moved away from all that a long time ago. I, I just re- realized I could continue in that cycle for many years, but you won't go anywhere. It just, you won't go forward if you keep consuming that same stuff.
2: Yeah. If you, if you consume it, but not use it or do anything about it, then yeah, yeah it's yeah. a waste of time for sure. Exactly, I get you there. Uh-huh. Well, Ryan, how can people reach out to you if you want them to? Um, if you care to share ways that uh, you can work with people, uh, maybe drop some some information there uh, if you'd like to.
0: Yeah, no problem. Uh, look, um, LinkedIn is my main hangout. I, I'm, I'm predominantly on there. Um, from a company perspective, it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Professional Hair Labs, you can um, search or Ghostbong Glue on TikTok. And our website is ProHairLabs.com. I'm always open to, you know, to any conversation, whether it be in relation to doing business or just general, I suppose, information or guidance. I'm always open for a conversation. So, uh, yeah. yeah.
2: I love it. Thank you so much, Ryan, for your time today. This has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And for those of you listening, the best thing that you can do for Ryan and I is to share this with those you know that need to hear what Ryan had to say today and give us a review. If you go on Apple, you can give us a review there on Spotify, any of the places that were listed because those reviews help us all get to see more and hear more from the Marketing Expedition Podcast. And until next time, everybody, enjoy your marketing journey.
1: Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place.